Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Direct Design Podcast. Uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about design by committee and when it's okay to do it. You know, often design by committee is a dirty word when it comes to, you know, just working with other people outside of the design uh, team or designers at a company. Often you'll get it working with executives or just people who don't really understand design or their role very clearly and they start asking you for you know, ridiculous things like, oh, you know, can you make the logo bigger or can you just jazz it up? Um, can we make it more green? And, you know, those types of things can, you know, make a designer pull their hair out and um, are just generally things that designers like to laugh about behind their back when they talk to each other. At the end of the day, uh, design by committee is not always a bad thing and sometimes is a necessary evil um, when working on larger and complex uh, products and problems. So, when is it okay to do design by committee? Before we jump right into that, maybe we should look a little bit into the different types of priority and projects there are and um, examine that a bit. And then we'll circle back to you know design by committee when it is the right time to do it. But anyhow, there's generally two types of projects out there you'll run into. There's ones that need to get done fast and uh, there's ones that need to get done slow. Um, generally, the fast ones will happen more so when you're maybe working as a freelancer or in a smaller group, or they can also happen at a big company, but they, they may be like smaller things like, you know, need some new icons for the icon set or something like that. When you're talking about longer uh, and slower projects, those generally happen, you know, at bigger companies, whether that's an you know, enterprise or just like a large software company. When you're working on a fast project that just needs to get done, Design by committee is not the answer there. Um, you just need to uh, rely on your skills and experience and whatever uh, materials you have at your access about your brand and get that job done and uh, move on to the next thing. If it is a quick job that needs to get done right away, do not use design by committee. However, if you have some runway and you have some time, the best thing um, you could do at that point is to involve others and to make sure you're on the right path before you get too far down it. There's nothing worse than, you know, starting a bigger project that, um, you know, has a bit of time to having a prototype ready. And, you know, you go down um, a path quite a ways and you're kind of sold on your concept and you didn't really involve enough people um, within your company at the time. You didn't get that internal buy-in and you get to a certain point and they, everyone is against your concept or, you know, they maybe saying they hate it is a bit too strong, but they dislike where you've gone. They don't agree with it. And perhaps you even forgot to include some key elements that you were unaware of because you didn't actually go and get that um, additional stakeholder input before you started working. And I'm not even also talking about going to users either, right? You should have been going to your users as well to back this up. But for now, we'll, we'll leave the users out and we'll just kind of talk about the internal mechanics of how Design by Committee can work. So when you find yourself in a situation where it is a larger project and it is um, going to take you a little while to get to a prototype and there, there's a lot of work to do, that is the time when Design by Committee is not such a bad thing to do. Um, you're going to want to keep that committee not too large. One stakeholder from each key area is generally good. You know, you want yourself the designer. You want to have a product person in there. You want to have a developer in there. Uh, you may want to have someone from your customer success team if they talk to users regularly. Uh, you may want to have even talk to someone from, from marketing. Beyond that, it's kind of up to you. Keep the team a reasonable size, but definitely make sure that there's representation from any group that um, you know has say in the final output of this project. Now, the reason that you want to include all these people is, you know, for a larger project, it's probably going to be complex. Um, there may be 
areas of it that you have a good knowledge of, but there may be technical requirements that you know those aren't your strengths. So you do need to rely on your coworkers a bit to fill in some of those blanks and bring their expertise um, and advice to the table early. If this is a type of project where uh, you know errors could be have large consequences, um, for example, I, I work in the airline industry, so um, if we were to make mistakes on you know certain aspects of our software, that could have you know life and death impact to certain people. So you want to make sure that you have all of the experts at the table when you're starting your design process. Part of the reason to do that is what I just said is to get their experience, but the other part is to get buy-in early. Um, if you can come together on a shared understanding of what you're going to build early before you've actually even started any wireframing. You know, that is one of the biggest um, assets and best strategies you can follow for product design. You want to, you know, outline what your MVP is or outline what your basic plan is, get everyone on board with that. And then once you've got a shared vision that everyone is um, on the same page with, now you can start designing. Now go do your wireframes, but again, bring them back to the table once you've got a rough concept, validate it with all of your stakeholders and your users, and then move on to the next phase. So when you check in regularly, that is when design by committee is going to become less painful. Um, it's only when you kind of, you know, you do a ton of work and then you check in and then you find out you're off the mark or that that's when this becomes like a really terrible uh, process. But if you're checking in regularly and keeping everyone in the loop, um, then this is actually doesn't have to be that painful. The hardest part really is just kind of coordinating all of that collaboration and all of that um, meetings and whatnot that has to happen to keep everyone in the loop. But it can actually be, you know, not too bad a process if you approach it in the right manner. Design by committee also works quite well from an agile standpoint because it works best when you're working an iterative um, approach, right? So if you're doing a small amount of conceptual work, you're bringing it back, you're making changes, you're going back and then editing that conceptual design work and coming back again to the group, that works really well. And that can also be written um, into stories if you're going that far and tracking this work in some type of a design backlog. So keep in mind that Design by committee works well in an agile and iterative sense. If you are actually though someone where you have an aggressive timeline and that is the primary concern, then yeah, go back to being a design dictator, if you will. Go at taking that approach instead of more of the slower um, committee approach. If you are working you know, in a software company or you, you want to start working for a software company in you know, the modern day that we work, this is something you're going to need to get used to. Uh, the days of kind of design working on their own and uh, you know doing all this work themselves and then throwing it over the fence to development, those days are, are pretty much done. Perhaps if you're still working in an agency environment, you might have some type of that um, experience. But if you're at working for a real software company, we're all on the same team. And the best results are when design works on the team and with all of the members um, that are building the software, whether that's you know product development and you know everyone in between. Take some of this advice and uh, give it a go with uh, where you're working now or in your own side projects. But keep in mind that this is very important skill to first learn and then master as you move into product design and working uh, for software companies. All right, that's it for this episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any questions, feel free to leave um, some messages in the comments, and I'll be back soon with more podcasts on some of these design principles. Thanks.